Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back for El Coast to Coast, our number two here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio. Carver High in for Scotty. Great to have everybody with us here today. Of course, it is Thursday, and every Thursday, we have our man Warren Sharp, our lead NFL analyst here at SportsGrid from the MGM National Harbor to go through all the games for this week. Warren, great to see you as always, my man, and thanks for joining us here for the hour. Of course. I mean, I love this card this week. There's a lot of great games on tap. And more than just being good games, in my opinion, they're very important to a lot of these teams. You've got two teams going up against one another with a lot on the line in multiple games. We're going to talk about it over the course of the hour. Can't wait to break them down with you. But I think this is a very important weekend for the NFL playoff picture. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Down the stretch we come. Uh, Basically five games left for everybody. Only last two teams are on a bye this week which week 14 buys can't really figure out but Washington and Arizona kind of out of it anyway so all the teams that matter all have five games left and down the stretch we do come we will start with Thursday night football and you did talk about a lot of big games two teams that are have some interest they're playing for something not the case as we start tonight at the place the Steelers play between New England and Pittsburgh 30 and a half actually I just saw at MGM Warren it slipped down to a flat 30 it's been kind of bouncing back and forth between those two all week long we've been kind of spoiled uh high scoring primetime games I think I complained about it to you last week and then we had Cowboys and Seahawks go over 70 we had an entertaining Packer Chief game And then we had uh, a surprising over with the Bengals and the Jaguars on Monday night. So here's what we get in return, Warren, the Steelers and the Patriots. Yeah, look, I I mean, the NFL obviously couldn't flex this out. You got to give everybody equal opportunity to get on the air uh, on a Thursday night game. But boy, what a doozy this one is going to be. Um, We also have these quarterbacks, right? If it wasn't bad enough that the two teams couldn't score points with or without different offense coordinators and guys calling the plays, now you got backup quarterbacks in the picture as well. Now, Mitch Trubisky obviously has a lot more experience than does Bailey Zappi. But one of the things that the Patriots were looking to do last week and were leaning on was the run game, but then Ramondre Stevenson got hip dropped on, and so he was out of the game early in that first quarter. So Ezekiel Elliott, the elderly running back from the Dallas Cowboys, had to carry the load up in uh, New England. That's going to be a difficult turnaround on such a short time frame for him to then carry the load again for the Patriots in Pittsburgh tonight. Um, Speaking of not being able to carry the load, I'm wondering about Najee Harris, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. He did not practice at all this week and I don't know if the prop is still up there because producer Sam was telling me a few minutes ago that they took it down but I was able to grab some Najee Harris under 51 and a half rushing yards. So if you do see that up there, that's something to look at. The last two weeks, this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team has gone up against some of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Now they're going up against the best run defense in terms of the New England Patriots. They literally rank top three in about six different rushing metrics that are important towards identifying production moving forward. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is going to be running into a brick wall here going up against this defense. 
defense, especially for a guy like Najee Harris, who already is splitting carries. It's not a true 50-50 timeshare with Jalen Warren, but he's splitting carries, and now he hasn't practiced at all due to injury. I wonder how many opportunities he's actually going to get here to run the football and how uh, successful he's going to be in those opportunities. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like you said, they're facing the number one rush defense with the New England Patriots. From the Steelers' side of things, Kenny Pickett goes down on Sunday. He's going to be out for a little while. And you turn the game over to Mitch Trubisky. How much would you say, Warren, of a drop-off, per se? Is there any at all? It's a short week. I heard Belichick talk about this. It's hard for the Steelers to really change a lot of stuff in what they do because you only have the three days to prepare for the game. How much drop-off do you think there actually is from Pickett to Trubisky? Because I don't think there's much. I don't think there is a lot of drop-off either um, because especially Trubisky has been in this system for a while. I know they changed offensive coordinators, but he understands what they're looking to do here with this offense. Uh, he's been in all the meetings for years now. Uh, he's gotten reps on the field each of the last two years, whether it was regular season or preseason, he's been involved. So I absolutely think that we're going to see quite similar production. He's not as talented a quarterback as Kenny Pickett is, just from a true talent perspective. However, Pickett's not even playing well right now and so as a result I think Mitch Trubisky is not really going to be that big of a drop off or a downgrade I think they're going to struggle regardless against this Bill Belichick led defense on a short week when you see a total like this and this is probably more of just a general thing it doesn't even have to just go to this game that we're talking about tonight and it could be the lowest total since 2005 or something like that uh, I was seeing earlier if it closes at 30, 30 and a half. When you see numbers that low, let's say 32, 33, you got a couple of those this week actually. Do you as a better like, do you automatically like, this is going to be an under, we got to look for things to the under. Are you trying to find ways to go after it and get over it? When you see low totals like that, how do you approach it? So I'll just talk about this game specifically, then we'll branch off from there. This game, we look at the Patriots. Last week, I took under 41 when the Patriots hosted the Chargers. Now, I didn't do that because it was going to be in the rain, but I did that because my metrics aligned and my model liked the under. Of course, that game was one of the lowest scoring games of the entire season, six to nothing final score. Clearly, the weather is going to be fine here. Normally, let's branch off. If the total is extremely low, now it's, it's rare for us to get totals that are this low in a modern day football but when the totals are extremely low if it's because of weather that's when you really want to be careful about actually going over and bucking the low total because weather does have a, a tendency to make it so that totals just aren't set low enough at times if the weather is truly bad um, I have bucked uh, weather at times when I didn't think the weather was going to be as bad so then I would bet over at post uh, but I'm not looking to do that here because this isn't a weather game this is just a short week both of these teams basically stink the offenses are terrible the defenses are much better and these types of games this is where uh, a random turnover a blocked punt something we saw just last week happen a couple times in that Tennessee Indianapolis game things like that could turn an under to an over very easily because of you just hiccup and the game could go over so if it's not for weather I'm not really as uh, intent on continuing to pound a game towards the under that has moved a lot. I have no opinion on this one, though. I'm not looking to buck this one at post. I'm sitting on the sidelines, hoping Najee Harris doesn't get any carries. That's it. Uh, find your play and stick to it. All right, Warren, we have a very busy hour to go. We will come back, and we will get into, really, the marquee matchup of the weekend, of some very good games, and that, of course, is Sunday night. I think the Eagles have been the marquee matchup for what? Three, four, five weeks in a row now. We've had the Eagles in the marquee matchup. They are in Jerry's world against the Cowboys. We will get into that. And, of course, into the other ones. Atlanta taking on Tampa Bay. Bills and the Chiefs. Big one late on Sunday. A lot to do. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Coast to Coast here on a Thursday. Carver High in for Scotty on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have everybody with us. Always great every Thursday to have Sports Grid's lead NFL analyst, Warren Sharp, with us from the MGM National Harbor. All right, Warren, the main event. Again, the Eagles, week after week, they've been the main event. These marquee games for them, it's been quite the gauntlet. Before we get into their game with the Cowboys on Sunday night at Jerry's World, why don't we first talk about some things involving their offense the past couple weeks and moving forward? It's basically been a problem from week one. Uh, this offense started off the season up in New England against the Patriots in the rain, and it did not look great. Now, the issue is we talked last week, when you look at the body of work over the course of the entire game, because they're coming back in catch-up mode, they're actually posting statistics that look overall decent as an offense and look very similar to what they were last year. The main issue is, in the first half of these games, why are they starting off so slowly? Because right now they are trailing on average by one point at halftime. Last year, through week 13, they were leading games by 7.8 points per game at halftime. Night and day difference between this offense. One of the things is they're coming out and they're so lethargic. It shows up on TV. When you watch this team and you watch the first half of games, they were the number one fastest team last year. They operated with urgency. They had high level of execution. They had purpose in everything that they were doing. This year, they seem to be dropping back. They're running at the number 25th fastest pace of tempo this season. So, number one last year, number 25 this year. Much slower. Jalen Hurts is taking far longer in his dropbacks. He's holding on to the ball for longer, and yet despite holding on to the ball longer, he's throwing the ball shorter. Now that doesn't make any sense. If you're holding on to the ball longer, it should be because there's routes developing further down the field that you're trying to take advantage of, but there's routes developing, and he's continuing to throw it very short. This team right now has very little mid-range game. Last year when they held the ball for Hurts, between two and four seconds, his depth of target was perfect, right in this like 13 to 15 air yards, right past the first down marker, just beyond the sticks. They were finding a sweet spot, a soft spot in defensive uh, zone coverages. He's facing more zone this year, but they're throwing the ball short of the sticks, less than 10 yards, around seven to seven and a half air yards per attempt when he's holding the ball between two and four seconds. That was something very different last year. They need to develop more of a mid-range passing game right now. Now, I know the re-acclimation of Dallas Goddard to this offense should help because they missed him dearly, having somebody else to throw the ball to, but they need to stop throwing the ball so much to their running backs out of the backfield, short targets. They need to push the ball to their wide receivers a little bit more. And they also need to attack the middle of the field. They have a very different uh, target location uh, rate where they were targeting the perimeter of the field far more frequently this year than they were last year. They need to go after that middle of the field a little bit more. But more than anything, Carver, it's just a general sense of urgency. Try to come in and build a lead. That's what allowed the Eagles last year to have so much success is because they cared a lot. They prioritized trying to build those leads. They're going up against a team, and we're going to talk about this game deeper in a second, in the Dallas Cowboys this week. The Dallas Cowboys have scored 17-plus first-half points in six straight games. They are one of 12 teams in NFL history to pull off that feat. This team is coming out aggressively. They're scoring a touchdown in the first 
first quarter. I think they've done that for seven straight games going on game number eight. They're coming out trying to score points early. They're coming out building nice margins at halftime. The Eagles are going to get left in the dust if they don't quickly come much more aggressive strategy. This particular week it's so vital because of how Dallas is playing right now. Yeah, they're playing excellent, Warren. They really are. And, and they're one game back of the Eagles going into this game on Sunday night. We've talked about the Eagle gauntlet. It's kind of going to flip. This is kind of like a game where it switches. You know, the Eagles are going to have a considerably easier run to the finish line. You talked about this last week when we did the schedule breakdowns. And the Cowboys are the ones who are then going to have a bit of a gauntlet here. They've got the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, some tough teams that they're going to face. Crucial game for the Cowboys here at home on Sunday night. It is, but the good thing for the Dallas Cowboys is this sets up perfectly for them. Number one, they got the Eagles. The Eagles were off of that war against the Buffalo Bills in the rain and overtime. The Eagles then struggled last week, got destroyed by the 49ers, and now they're going on the road here to take on the Cowboys who have more rest that they're working with. And the Dallas Cowboys are in a great position to have success throwing the football, but they've got to come out and pass the ball on first down. The reason that they're going to potentially have some success in doing that, assuming you can hear me because they turned up the uh, uh, audio here a ton, but the Eagles defense, if teams pass the ball on first down against this Philadelphia Eagles defense, they get a new set of downs at a 90% clip. It's the best rate of any defense in the NFL, I'm sorry, the worst rate of any defense in the NFL. So it behooves the Dallas Cowboys to come out here and pass the ball on first down because they're much more likely to get a new set of downs when they do that. On the opposite side of things, if the Dallas Cowboys come out and run the ball on first down, those downs, those uh, series gain a new set of downs just 76% of the time against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's far worse for the Dallas Cowboys offense as well. So it's really strength on strength. If Dallas comes out and does what they've been doing, which is prioritize passing the ball on first down, they should have success against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Dallas in the first meeting in Philadelphia came out and decided to pass the ball on only 55% of those first downs in the first half, instead electing to run it 45% of the time. The longest run was three yards. Those rushing attempts were terrible. They have to really try to reduce that. I would be hoping that the Dallas Cowboys go 75 to 80% pass on first down to attack the weakness of that defense while playing to the strength of the Dallas Cowboys which is Dak passing the ball behind his offensive line. It's going to be a fun one uh, again on Sunday night there. Last year in Dallas, I think it was on Christmas Eve, you got like a 42-35 type of game. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of points between the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Falcons and the Bucks, first place in the NFC South. Everybody's still kind of alive, Warren, here. Six and six. Falcons are in first. The Bucks are five and seven. So are the Saints. Somebody's got to win it. Atlanta's going to be in an even better position if they can do that on Sunday. Yeah, they are, and they played the Bucks last uh, earlier this year down in Tampa, and in that game, combined between the two teams, there were seven trips to the red zone. There really was an eighth. It was an interception that Baker Mayfield threw that was picked off at, I think, like the 13-yard line, so it wasn't actually possession, a ball snapped in the red zone, but there were eight series that got down that deep into the opponent territory, and in those eight series, only one time was a touchdown score. Desmond Ritter himself had three fumbles. He fumbled at the 11-yard line of the Bucks. He fumbled at the one-yard line of the Bucks, and he fumbled at the one-inch line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think all of that turnover luck is going to work against the total in this one. I don't think if you're betting the under here, looking at the final score last or when they played earlier last year or this year rather, I don't think that's going to play out this way. I think this game going over the total because I think both of these teams, because of how important this game is, are going to come out here and try to attack the weakness of a defense that they're quite familiar with, number one. But number two, I think the offenses as kind of mediocre as they are, are actually better than both of the defenses. Both 
of these defenses right now are dealing with injuries. Both of these defenses are beat up a little bit. Both these defenses have been giving up yardage. And I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have success. We'll talk momentarily on the other side of the commercial break about a prop I like in this game. But I think the Bucs are going to have a little bit of success working the ball through the air to some of their backs. And I think that the Atlanta Falcons might actually have this similar type of success here. The key is helping Desmond Ritter out when Tampa sends all those blitzes because Tampa blitzes at one of the highest rates in the NFL. As long as Ritter has an answer to that, if Art Smith gives him an answer to that so he can dump the ball off, hopefully and preferably it's to a running back because those types of passes result in a low interception rate, whereas when he's throwing the ball to wide receivers on blitzes, he's thrown three interceptions the last like six weeks. So hopefully he reduces that. I think this game goes over the total. I bet it at 40. I think you can get it a little bit, maybe 41 now. I still think it goes over that number. These Falcon games are an adventure every single week, Warren. There's no doubt about that. We'll come back. We've got more to do with Warren Sharp. We're back on the grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your prey. This is a whole new jungle. This is the lion's share. Brought to you by Bet MGM. And we are back for El Coast to Coast here on a Thursday. Carver High in for Scotty on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have you with us. BetMGM has you ready to go for college bowl season. That's right. Their college football bowl pick'em challenge is now up. BetMGM has given their online sportsbook customers the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to $25,000 if they predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly out of all eligible users. They got to log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app, iOS, Android, or BetMGM.com. Go to the promotions tab on your account to access the challenge. Complete and submit the college football bowl pick them entry. One entry per customer is permitted. Customers do not need to make all selections at once. You can wait up until kickoff, which is very important in bowl games, as we know, because most of the time, Nobody plays. Uh, customers will have the opportunity to win up to 25000 if they predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly out of the eligible users. Speaking of BetMGM, it is time for the lion's share, brought to you by BetMGM. And, of course, we have Warren Sharp with us from the MGM National Harbor. All right, Warren, let's start, of course, piggybacking off of that Falcon-Buck game we were talking about before the break. And you have a prop that you like in that one. I do. I like Rashad White to go over his receiving yards. I want to say it's 22 and a half, uh, 23 and a half now. It looks like I moved it a uh, point uh, when I was betting it, but that's okay. I still like it at 23 and a half. Uh, look, here's the thing. Last week, Rashad White went up against the number two ranked Carolina Panthers against running back passes, so he didn't catch a lot. They didn't target him very often in the receiving game. 
Two weeks ago, he was on the injury report with a knee injury, so he wasn't really a big part of the game plan leading into it because they weren't quite sure how much he's going to go or how effective he was. Prior to that, he's having a ton of success through the air as a receiving back option against the Atlanta Falcons earlier this year. He had six targets, caught all six of them, and gained 65 yards through the air against the Falcons when the game was in Tampa. The Atlanta Falcons are number 31 against running back passes in EPA per attempt, number 26 in success rate, number 26 in yards per attempt. When they run the ball, though, you're not going to have a lot of success. When, when they tried to run the ball last game against the Atlanta Falcons run defense, he averages 2.6 yards per carry, turned 13 rushes into only 34 yards. Hopefully Dave Canales remembers how ineffective that rushing attack was last game against the Atlanta Falcons. Hopefully they utilize him a little bit more through the air. I think this number is extremely light. It's light because of those last two games where he didn't get over this, but this is just a great matchup against a team that is so much worse against running back passes than they are against running back runs and against Baker Mayfield who is a underdog in this spot and maybe looking to pass the ball to get back into it. I think Richard White goes over this number. Like it Warren. Next uh, we have the Rams and the Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday. Rams back to six and six and in the mix in the NFC Ravens nine and three off of the bye. Harbaugh usually very good in that spot and at home against NFC teams. What do we got here? The most interesting thing to me about this game is I wanted to look, okay, the last three years, how many times has uh, Matthew Stafford played in the rain? I put my filters on and I didn't find any. I said, okay, four years, five years? When the hell is the last time that Matthew Stafford has actually played in the rain? I went back and looked. He's played just two games since 2015 in the rain. One was in 2016 wow. and one was in 2017. In fact, he's played six total games in his career in the rain. The Rams are one in five in those games. He just hasn't played in the rain very often. I don't think they're going to come out here with this pass-first attack. It is supposed to be pouring down rain with some wind in Baltimore. A lot of the weather has that we thought might hit like Cincinnati or Cleveland with a lot of the rain. It might get wind in Cleveland, but Cincinnati and Kansas City, those uh, places and locales should be free of the weather. Baltimore is not going to escape it. It's going to rain. It's going to be windy. I think as a result, you got Kyron Williams, who's back from being injured. I like him over 15 and a half rushing attempts. One of my favorite looks on the board this week. They're going to be handing the ball off a lot. Matthew Stafford's not going to be throwing it a ton, even if they're losing in this game a little bit, but it's a relatively close game. I think they're going to, going to be running it a lot just because of the game state in terms of the weather and the lack of ability to throw the ball too far down the field in the passing game and Kyron Williams is taking on like basically 100% of the workload in the backfield for the Rams so this prop is pretty low he's gone 20 plus in each of his last two games since he's been back from injury I think he goes even more than that in this one I think it's a high rush attempt game for Kyron Williams we have not one but two Monday night games this week, Warren, and we can't even call it a doubleheader because they're both at the same exact time. Uh, at 8.15, we have uh, the Giants and the Packers, which we'll talk about later, and the Dolphins and the Titans down in Miami. Yeah, I like how you said that, Miami. Uh, look, the Miami Dolphins are going to be able to take advantage of this Tennessee Titans defense because the Tennessee Titans haven't played anybody like the Miami Dolphins recently. I went down and looked. The Titans have played the number one easiest schedule in the NFL of offenses, the number three easiest schedule of passing offenses. The only time that they played a decent, like a top 12 passing offense was over in London when they played the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens were still trying to get used to like their new style of offense over there, and they had plenty of opportunities to score more points. They were just failing and struggling to do so. Since that game over in London, here's who the Titans have played. Number 29 Panthers, 28 Steelers, 23 Bucks, 21 Colts, 19 Falcons, and number 17 Jacksonville Jaguars. That's Trevor Lawrence. Apart from Trevor Lawrence, look at those quarterbacks. We're talking about Desmond Ritter, who was benched for Taylor Heineke. We're talking about Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, and Gardner Minshew. That is the list of quarterbacks and passing offenses that the Tennessee Titans have gone up against. And yet, and yet, despite those terrible quarterbacks and terrible passing offenses, this pass defense ranks 28th in the NFL. It's a fifth worst passing defense in the NFL in terms of the Tennessee Titans going up against those terrible passing attacks. I think this Miami Dolphins offense, which is not only one of the best in terms of efficiency passing the ball, but also passes the ball at a high rate, which is something these other teams don't do because they're not very good, is going to really catch this Tennessee Titans defense off guard in terms of a 
shock to their system. The rate at which they come out and pass the ball here is going to shock the ten, uh, Tennessee Titans system. I think we're going to be able to move the ball in chunks through the air. That's why I like the Miami Dolphins team total in the first half to go over 14 and a half points. The Dolphins have been exceeding this with great regularity against any of the bad uh, pass defenses that they have played against defenses that rank 20 or worse pass defenses. This is what Miami's done this year. 45 points versus Washington, 70 versus Denver, 36 versus the Chargers, 31 versus the Giants, 20 in a surprising low output against the Raiders, and then 42 against the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to come out here and put up some points, but I prefer the bulk of that scoring to occur in the first half, which is why I'm going first half team total instead of full game. Very quick sidebar to the Dolphins here before we get to the next game. We know that the NFC quarterbacks are kind of at the top of this MVP market right now. Purdy, Dak, uh, Jalen Hurts, they're the clear favorites. I've started to see some people picking up steam for Tyreek Hill. Let's say, Warren, they get the number one seed in the AFC and he gets over 2,000 yards receiving. Can we make a case for Tyreek Hill still at 12-1 to 1 right now on the board? would be amazing. I personally find it difficult to do that just because of how important it is for a quarterback to be that guy, the quarterback being that MVP. Although, I mean, if you're going to go with a wide receiver, the wide receiver to break the uh, receiving yards record certainly would be the guy to go with there. Um, Tyreek Hill is amazing. He's explosive. Uh, one of the easiest bets I had last week, uh, Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. For some reason, it was minus 140. It scored like within five minutes of the start of the game. He actually put up two touchdowns uh, receiving touchdowns there. I think the price now, this week I went and looked, it's like minus 260, minus 280. I said, no thank you, too rich for my blood there uh, on Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. But, uh, you know, I'm on the sidelines on that one. I would vote against Tyreek Hill being the MVP right now, regardless of uh, if it's an AFC player. I, I would prefer like a longer shot on a guy to really like step out from left field and, and come in here, like a Josh Allen maybe. If I, I think there is a future betting opportunity if you want to take some futures on the Buffalo Bills right now because if they do go into Kansas City, we'll talk about this game later, and upset the Chiefs, their path gets suddenly a lot easier towards making the playoffs. And then once they get into that playoff uh, round, they're a team that nobody wants to face. So I think some futures on whether it's Josh Allen MVP or the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, Buffalo Bills to win the AFC Championship, things of that nature. If, if you like the Bills, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this momentarily, the ways I would attack it, number one is tease them this week. Number two is bet some of their futures. Uh, Warren, quickly, the Browns and the Jaguars uh, are facing this week. Lots of quarterback problems. We already know Cleveland situation. Now Jacksonville as well. Lawrence got hurt, and Bethard's even uh, been limited for them at practice. Yeah, um, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to try to play. I mean, he's going to try to perform. It, it looked horrible with that injury uh, the other yeah. night, and I thought he was, like, out for the year. Uh, who knows what was going on with him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's out there jogging around on the field. Just today, I saw the videos of him as I was driving over here. Um, I think that if Trevor Lawrence goes, is it interesting what's going to happen with this number? Because right now, this number to me is Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, right? This is definitely not a Trevor Lawrence number. So if Trevor Lawrence is up, I expect this number to crash back down closer to a pick uh, I think at that point, offers some interesting opportunities, uh, regardless of which side you like there. But I definitely will wait and see whether Trevor Lawrence can go or not. But he's angling to play. Amazing. Yeah, minus three for the Browns right now and a total of 31 at BetMGM. A flat 31 right now. You're right. If Lawrence plays, both of those numbers drastically different on Sunday afternoon. All right, Warren, we will come back and get into that Bill Chief game in Arrowhead. Also, the Bengals and the Colts. What a performance by Jake Browning on Monday night. We'll come back. Pharrell Coast to Coast with Warren Sharp right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. Every day, 
our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Thursday. Carver High in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Spending the hour, of course, with our man Warren Sharp, Sports Grid's lead NFL analyst. He's at the MGM National Harbor. All right, Warren, uh, main, another main event for us here on Sunday, 425 p.m. East in Arrowhead. The Bills and the Chiefs get together again. A uh, little different than the last couple of years because the Bills are 6-6 six and six and need this one badly to jumpstart their playoff run out of a bye. The Chiefs have lost three out of five, including last Sunday night against the Packers. Bills, believe it or not, I know they lose big games, Warren, all the time, but they've actually won the last two years in the regular season at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. They have, and they better come out with the desire to just open up just a can of TNT here, start this game, and force Patrick Mahomes into a place where he's going to be chasing them from behind. Because if the Buffalo Bills fall behind in this one, they're going to be in trouble. I wonder how often we're going to see these blitzes hit home from Steve Spagnuolo, and that's where I want to start with this one. This Kansas City Chiefs defense, very different than what it was the past three years. The past three years, they blitzed a lot, but when they blitzed, they actually hit home. They got pressure on blitzes at the fourth highest rate of any defense in the NFL. This year, when the Kansas City Chiefs are blitzing, which they're still doing at the eighth highest rate, they are getting pressure at the fourth lowest rate of any team in the NFL. Josh Allen against Spags has night and day splits when he's pressured on blitzes versus when he's kept clean on blitzes. When he's pressured on blitzes, he's been terrible. When he's kept clean on blitzes, he's been great. So if the Buffalo Bills are able to keep him clean with their great offensive line, which right now ranks top 10 in pressure rate allowed, they rank number seven in ESPN's pass block win rate. They're a very good pass protecting offensive line. And if they keep him clean and these blitzes as they've done all year for Spags aren't hitting home, I think Allen's going to pick this defense apart to some extent through the air against the Kansas City Chiefs. The weather's supposed to be good enough for him to do that. But then you also factor in the ground game. And this Kansas City Chiefs run defense has been hemorrhaging yards to opposing running backs. And I look for James Cook to have some success in this game as well on the ground. When you look at some of these backs, one of the props that I like here is James Cook's longest rushing attempt over 12 and a half. I'll go through the schedule real quick. Every single game that the Kansas City Chiefs have played since week four, they've allowed the running back to gain one run of at least 15 plus yards. And so we're talking about the last three weeks, then they're by and the prior six weeks before that. Uh, I think James Cook's going to bust one here. Over 12 and a half is his longest rushing prop. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to come in here and get some work done on the ground and through the air and cause some problems for this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of dropped this in last week, but we didn't really get to elaborate on it because the Bills were off. They were on a bye, uh, and we were talking about some other things. But they, if they're going to do what they've done the past two games, specifically in that Philadelphia game, which is what? Let Josh Allen be Josh Allen and take the chains off of him, Warren. I mean, they got a chance here with these final five games to, as you said in the last segment, get in and cause some problems. But McDermott's got to let that happen. He does. I mean, in this game, I'd be okay if the runs are working to be balanced here, but you cannot get conservative early. And one of the biggest faults that I have, there's a lot of faults, so I can't say this is the biggest, because I got a lot of issues with Sean McDermott, as we've shared before, uh, and the controlling nature that he brings into this team and, you know, just tries to showcase on the offensive side of the ball as well. 
they can't be conservative here. They, they got a fourth and three from midfield or at their own 47 yard. They got to go for it. If they got to punch it in near the end, so they got to go for it. They got to try to be aggressive on these fourth down situations as well. They cannot be punting. They cannot be okay with whatever it says on that scoreboard. At the end of the day, this is still Patrick Mahomes. This is still Andy Reid. It doesn't matter if the Chiefs' offense isn't quite as good as it's been in years past. This Bills' defense, secondary, linebacker level, this defense is problematic as well. And you never know. You just you lost the game with 13 seconds left previously against this team in the Kansas City Chiefs. You, this is like a playoff game. This is like the AFC Championship game. You have to win this game. You have to treat it as such. Stay aggressive all the way through. And like you said, let Josh Allen do his thing. Talk to Josh Allen. Tell him well, everything I told you about being careful with running the football and you know protecting yourself for the future. Just go out and play and have fun today. We got. We need your legs in this game. That's the speech that he needs to give to Josh Allen Sunday before this one. Uh, another big game in the AFC will be in Cincinnati, uh, where the Bengals now six and six after an amazing performance by Jake Browning on Monday night in Jacksonville. They have the Colts coming to town, a surprising seven and five. Both teams very much in the AFC playoff picture. Yeah, and I'm looking at this game, and I'm wondering this total also seemed quite low. And I understand why it was low previously, and that was because there was the threat of weather. But the threat of weather has passed uh, Cincinnati from what I am seeing on the radar, and I advise everybody out there, check the radar yourself, check it again, check it right before the kickoff, right before you place your bet, see what you need to do in terms of uh, if the weather changes, adjusting how you're betting this game. But as of right now, the weather looks okay. And this Indianapolis Colts team is semi-fraudulent. I mean, I think the Rams team is semi-fraudulent as well. This Cincinnati, uh, sorry, this Indianapolis Colts team is semi-fraudulent. Their defense is very problematic. Um, I think that if we see Jake Browning play like he did last week on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, if we see, more importantly, the, him being coached and given plays to execute like we saw last week, where they were very aggressive out the gates, allowed him to throw the ball, get into a good passing rhythm, get comfortable, short passes, work to deeper passes, a high pass rate on early downs. If we see all of those things, I think we're going to see this game go over the total because I think this Indianapolis Colts defense really has not been tested very much. And right now, although we don't have Joe Burrow, we still have all the components of this offense that makes it explosive, that makes it dangerous. And the coaching staff has been doing a great job this year, even when, when Joe Joe Burrow was here, but he was banged up. Then when Joe Burrow got healthier, I'm just calling the right plays at the right moments to get some execution and some efficiency out of this offense. So regardless of the, who's the quarterback here, I think we're going to see the Cincinnati Bengals be able to put up points. I was a little bit surprised seeing the Indianapolis Colts favored here by a point. That line has flipped today. Uh, it's now the Cincinnati Bengals laying point, point and a half here, which I think is the right line. But I think this game goes over the total. Yeah, the Colts have won like three or four games this year where I still can't figure out, Warren, how they won it, including last week uh, in Tennessee against the Titans. All right, the Houston Texans at 7-5 and five as well in the AFC. They go to MetLife against the Jets, who Robert Sala and the crew figured out after two or three weeks, Warren, that I guess Zach Wilson is our best option. Uh, he is going to start for them this Sunday. Yeah, that was a really weird situation because we saw or we heard a report that Zach Wilson didn't want to be the quarterback. I'm thinking to myself, when was the last time that a quarterback in the NFL was said, you, we'd like you to start, and it just said, no, thank you. Let somebody else take that job again. So uh, that was weird. We are going to see Zach Wilson. Once that news came out, the line naturally plummeted down. The issue for the Jets, I mean, regardless of who their quarterback is, whichever guy that they want to go to, the offensive line stinks, and none of these quarterbacks have the benefit of a run game. If you look at what Brees Hall's stats are, out of 42 running backs this year with 50-plus rushing attempts, Brees Hall ranks 42 in success rate, 41 in explosive run rate, 41 in rate of runs that gain yardage, 42 in rate of runs that result in a first down or touchdown, and 42 in yards before contact per carry, which is an offensive line metric more than anything else. I mean, we're talking about an explosive running back who is been really stripped of all explosion and excitement and entertainment value for the fans because this offensive line is so bad and they cannot block for him. So, you know, the Houston Texans have been playing really good run defense of late. One of the things that got 
Russell Wilson last week was the return of some of the guys in their secondary, namely Derek Stingley, but they got Ward back as well. And between those two guys, they had three interceptions against Russ last week. I think the Texans are going to be able to use good enough run defense, but there's no way at current form I'm laying points with the Texans on the road, even if it is against the New York Jets, uh, because I just think that the Jets' defense, the strength of their defense, is going to be able to limit those explosive plays that, like Nico Collins was gaining for the Texans last week against the Broncos, those aren't going to be there this week to a high degree against the Jets. It's going to have four C.J. Stroud, who was sacked five times by the Denver Broncos, to win a different way. I'm not so sure if he's going to be able to do that. I think this is a gross game. I'm not necessarily predicting an outright victory for the Jets, but this is a game I don't want to be laying the road favor. The Lions and the Bears are going to get back together. Remember, they played a couple weeks ago in Detroit. Lions needed a big rally in the fourth quarter to beat Chicago. This time, they'll be at Soldier Field. Yeah, and I don't think that we're going to get all of those interceptions from Jared Goff in this game. But I will say this, this game's going to be cold. And I also studied, like Matthew Stafford in the rain, how does Jared Goff do in the cold? Jared Goff... Not very good in the cold, but mainly one of the biggest things that I noticed was he passes the ball far shorter. His target depth is down tremendously, and his completion rate is significantly worse when he's playing in the cold. He naturally throws fewer touchdowns. His touchdown rate is much lower, but he's not throwing the ball as deep down the field. I think we're going to see some more passes to Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, potentially, for the Detroit Lions on the road here. The Chicago Bears secretly, we keep talking about this, one of the better run defenses in the NFL. They're just getting better and better defensively. I think that's going to be difficult for the Lions to have a lot of success on the ground. It's going to force it into Jared Goff's hands a little bit more frequently. And then I really just want to see Justin Fields go out there and try to win this game. I mean, he, I believe, has run for 100-plus yards in three straight games against the Detroit Lions. Uh, his rushing yards prop is sitting at 59.5. If you're interested in betting that he's going to make it four for four or at least exceed you know, 60-plus yards, here on the ground. I think this game's going to be entertaining, and I think the Chicago Bears can keep this one really close. I would not be surprised if the Chicago Bears weren't in this one up to the final seconds. Saints need a win in the worst way. They're 5-7 and seven now. They probably have the right team coming in. Carolina 1-11 this year. There was reports today, Warren, that Derek Carr was at practice doing some stuff, limited basis, maybe a chance that he gets cleared from concussion protocol by Sunday. Yeah, I feel fortunate. I covered the spread last week betting on the Carolina Panthers. I don't know that I want to go back to the well again this week. Bryce Young really is playing that poorly within this offense, uh, but there's no chance I'm playing points with the New Orleans Saints right now. I think this team is trending so terribly. I think they're on the way out. I think this is the Atlanta Falcons division to lose right now. The writing's on the wall for the Saints. I want no part of laying points with the Saints, even at home. Uh, we'll quickly squeeze this one in, too. The Vikings are going to go back to Josh Dobbs. Three-point road favorites in Vegas against the Raiders. Yeah, and look, I don't know. They're expecting Josh Dobbs to throw the ball for what I think is 230 yards. His uh, passing yards prop is 229. I don't know that he's going to get that far. I think that this Raiders team is going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to control the clock, but the Minnesota Vikings are actually a really good run defense. They rank number eighth against the run. And in addition, teams that want to try to run the football against Minnesota just don't have a lot of success. Um, and those games don't do very well from a total perspective. I don't think the Raiders are going to be scoring a lot of points in this game. I would be looking slightly to the dog, but a little bit more to the under. If this gets back up to 41, I might end up taking it at under 41. All right, Warren, we'll come back. I've got two or three other ones that we'll quickly blast through before we get out of here. Warren Sharp with us from the MGM National Harbor. Pharrell close to coast on a Thursday. We're back after the... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. 
the early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Come. And we are back for El Coast to Coast here on a Thursday. Carver High in for Scotty. We've got Warren Sharp with us only for a couple more minutes. All right, Warren, let's go. Seattle and San Francisco, this time in Santa Clara. Of course, the Niners beat them on Thanksgiving night in Seattle. Geno Smith has very little success against this defense. They also can't run the ball very frequently. But I'm not looking to lay this many points with the San Francisco 49ers here because I'm only curious, do they start off the game a little bit slowly after that big win against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road? Can they start this game quickly enough to really put the uh, Seahawks out of it early? Uh, kind of a little bit of a loser leaves town match, it feels like, between Denver and the Chargers this week in Los Angeles. Yeah, and look, I don't see why the Chargers are laying three points at home. The Chargers are not getting very much home field advantage historically in L.A. And the Denver Broncos, look, they were close to winning that game last week despite being 0-3 in turnover margin and going 0-11 on third down. So I think Denver Broncos have every opportunity to come in here and win this game on the road in L.A. The second Monday night game is the Giants and the Packers at MetLife. Packers are back 6-6. Six six loves playing great yeah he is uh, but this is a lot of points still to be laying on the road against the Giants team I don't believe that the Packers should be laying this number of points uh, but I'm not looking to take the Giants either I have not bet anything on this game yet totals prop sides nothing tune in on Monday when I come talk to Craig uh, in the morning at 1140 I'll have something for you on this one but right now I don't see any value uh, Warren, tremendous job as always. Enjoy all the games this weekend. Let's cash some tickets. Scotty back next week for you, Warren. How about that? That's awesome. That's great. Looking forward to it. Uh, there he is, Warren Sharp, our lead NFL analyst here on SportsGrid from the MGM National Harbor. Tremendous job as always by Warren. We will come back. We have another hour to go. Here on the grid, they're about to tip off in Vegas to Bucks and Pacers with the NBA in-season tournament. We're back after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.